Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Deuteronomy. We're in chapter 17, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, As McGee says, these are rules for uh, the theocracy that that God set up in Israel. You know, like in the United States, we have three branches of government, the executive branch, the judiciary, and the legislative branches. Um, God had the king the priests, and the prophets. So let's see how God gave them rules for laws and legal decisions and provisions for the priests and, um, you know, rules to live by as a society. Verse 1, chapter 17, You shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or a sheep in which has a blemish or defect, uh, whatever, Uh, for that is an abomination to the Lord your God. In other words, give God your best. If you're going to sacrifice an animal or donate it or give it as an offering, uh, don't just give your sick ones and your lame ones so that you could, uh, you know, look really good um, if if they're a big uh, prize bull or something and they're sick. Um, You know, God doesn't want that. God wants your best. Verse 2, if they're... uh, is found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God is giving you a man or a woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant and has gone and served other gods and worshiped them or the sun or the moon or any of the host of heaven which I have forbidden and it is told to you and you hear of it then you shall inquire diligently and if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses that the one who is to die shall be put to death a person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness okay so how important it is to um, root out uh, idolatry um, in st- any society that wants to survive. God's telling us, and it it kind of it kind of gives us uh, pause for what is going on in our world today with so many 
people worshiping so many different kinds of idols, whether they be gods, false gods, or just the idols of society. And also having two or more witnesses, how important that is to protect that person being accused from just uh, being accused by, you know, someone who might not have their facts right. Uh, Verse 8, we'll skip. If any case arises requiring decision between one kind of homicide and another, one kind of legal right and another, or one kind of assault and another, any case with uh, within your towns that is too difficult for you, then you shall arise and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose, and you shall come to the Levitical priests and to the judge who was in office in those days, and you shall consult them, and they shall declare to you the decision. Then you shall do according to what they declare to you from that place that the Lord will choose, and you shall be careful to do according to all that they direct you. Okay? So, in other words, legal decisions go to the priests that God sets up and the Levitic, in the, in the judges that God sets up. Um, you just don't take matters into your own hands. And then we skip down to verse 16. Only he must not acquire, these are talking about kings, many horses for himself, or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he acquire for himself excessive gold and silver. Isn't it interesting that King Solomon did all these things? He had all the wisdom, but he went for all the materials. And as McGee says, Solomon started this, uh, his heart turned and This is when the nation really turned and never recovered, and it ended up causing the nation to be broken up and to be taken into captivity. Isn't it amazing of what we try to acquire for ourselves today? It may not be multiple horses, but it may be possessions like, um, you know, maybe multiple cars or maybe multiple houses or maybe things like that, you know. Um, polygamy for marrying multiple wives. Um, some people do that, but it might it might be immoral type of behaviors, and requiring excessive silver and gold. Look how people chase material wealth. Um, God warns about this. So now we're going to turn to chapter eighteen, verse one. The Levitical priests, all the tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's food offerings as their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their brothers. The Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. And this shall be the priests due from the people, from those offering a sacrifice, whether an ox or a sheep. They shall give to the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks and the stomach. So anyway, the priests are wholly and solely dependent on God's provision and the people's provision for them to as they bless God. So it really puts into practice complete dependency on God. So we'll drop down to 
verse 9, when you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. These are abominable things you cannot do. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortune or interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a neoromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. So those are abominable practices. Don't do them. Keep yourself completely dependent and eyes on the Lord. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you and keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 17, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 1 through to verse 14. So in chapters 17 and 18, we have a section that deals with the regulations that would control a king, the office of the priest and the office of the prophet. So that's a king, a priest, and a prophet. So these were the three main offices in the nation Israel. In the theocracy that God had actually set up for these people. Scripture reads verse 1 of Deuteronomy 17. You shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God a bull or a sheep which has any blemish or defect for that is an abomination to the lord your god so this here verse the verse that we've just read it almost touches us today who actually give god you know secondhand things you know be it clothes be it food um, yeah leftover food um, so, uh, you know, that which is actually just left over. So to, you know, we give to missionary work, secondhand things that are already used. So we don't give him the best. And we're supposed to give the Lord our best. God says the firstborn of every creature belongs to him and every offering presented to him was without spot or blemish. So in the book of Malachi, one of the charges that was made against these people uh, that actually brought down judgment, and it was actually one of the first of the list of charges. So they were offering to God a sick animal. And God says that he doesn't want it. So how do we actually do business today with God? Is the question we're supposed to ask ourselves. How honest are we with God? Because if people feel they can actually get away with 
with with with things like the example that Dr. Kivi Magi gave. You know, there were some people um, in the nation Israel who, you know, if they see one of their prized bulls, like is get sick, they would, um, you know, take it to as an offering to the temple. And um, God says, you know, He doesn't want anything with spot, with 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 blemishes or spots. He doesn't want a defected um, product. So God's not poor; He's not actually asking for anything from us. So the whole earth, actually, and creation is His. You know, be it gold, be it cows, be it trees, it's all His. So we couldn't give God anything. That would actually please him. But he actually permits us to give for the blessings to our own soul. And it doesn't bless us when we are bigly and stingy with God. So how honest are we doing our business today with God? How um, you find the more money someone has, the farther away they are from God. Because the greedier they get. Um, You know, they say... More money you have, the more problems you have. So people always tend to put God last in everything. Because they'll say, oh, I will do this tomorrow. Or huh, if I remove this, the best part of my product, item, you know, money, like a huge chunk, um, I will not be at the same position. But at the same time, people want blessings when um, they are not giving to God. Scripture goes on to read verse 2. If there is found among you within any of your gates which the Lord your God gives you, a man or a woman who has been wicked in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant, who has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or the moon or any of the hosts of heaven, that's the sun and the moon and the stars, which I have not commanded, and it is told to you, and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently. And if it is indeed true and certain that such an abomination has been committed in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has committed that wicked thing and shall stone to death that man or woman with stones. So here he's talking about idolatry among the people. So this was an absolute law that was actually placed on idolatry. So the penalty for breaking any one of the commandments was stoning to death. This is why we cannot live by law, because technically we would all be dead if we were living by law, because man cannot live up to the standards of the Ten Commandments. Scripture goes on to read verse 6. Whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, he shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. The hands of the witnesses shall be the first against him to put him to death, and afterwards the hands of all the people, so you shall put away the evil from among you. So it wasn't um, arbitrary. Um, you know, a man couldn't rush in, you know being witness to what another person um, 
neighbor brother has done. So one who's against his neighbor and accuses him of idolatry. So it wasn't arbitrary, sorry. So they had to be two or more who were witness to this. And, um, you know, this was actually to avoid, you know, you find a neighbor's just jealous of another person and, you know, they just falsely accuse the person. So today one witness can actually, you know, the law is soft on so many things and one witness, one witness can actually send a man to prison, which is really not fair because it's just your word against theirs. So God says there had to be two or more witnesses. So God's not arbitrary. He was being fair in his dealings. So they were to actually refer everything to the priest because there was a theocracy. Verse 8 of scripture goes on to read, If a matter arises which is too hard for you to judge between degrees of guilt for bloodshed, between one judgment or another, or between one punishment or another, matters of controversy within your gates, then you shall arise and you go up to the place which the Lord, your God, chooses. So in other words, um, who does, um, you know, one solve a disagreement on an important matter by two people. So when the evidence seems to be equally impressive on both sides, so this is when this matter is actually taken to um, to bring in a third party, to bring in the judges or the priests. So verse 10 goes on to read, And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all... Sorry, oops, I'm reading the wrong... Um, Verse verse 9 goes on to read, And you shall come to the priests, the Levites, and to the judge there in those days, and inquire of them. They shall pronounce upon you the sentence of judgment. So here this was what was actually to be done. You know, if both sides, the evidence was equally impressive. So this was how God was to control, was you know, to be in control and how they were to actually obey. So the law didn't cover everything. The only, and here in scripture, we have the only recorded incidents where this actually was used was in, in the book of, uh, in the book of Haggai. That's Haggai 2 verse 11. And it reads, Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in the day, and they shall become my people, and I will dwell in your midst. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. I am reading from the wrong book, sorry. I'm reading from Zechariah. Haggai 2 verse 11 reads, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priests concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge he touches bread or stew wine or oil any food that any food will it become holy and the priest answered and said no so here 
you know, this is an issue where it, um, the matter is taken to a priest because it's not covered in the law. So the priest now is going to judge based on the facts that are presented to them. So um, the priests and the judge in that day, they were to actually hand down the decision concerning the matter that um, if the ordinary people fail to actually settle it. So we drop down to verse 14 of Hebrews 17, and it reads, When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. So we have here now, this is what we've gotten to, the regulations that concern a king. And dropping down to verse 16, verse 16 reads, but he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord said to you, you shall not return that way again. So we have now given here three things that the king was not to do. Here, one of the first thing is to multiply horses. And Solomon multiplied horses. So God warned against them. Um, and against this cause, in multiplying horses, Egypt was, you know, God warned against the practice of multiplying horses because Egypt was the place in that day that actually raised horses. And uh, they had some of the finer horses, so God didn't want them to go back to the practices that they actually left behind in Egypt. And um, verse 17 of scripture goes on to read, Neither shall you multiply wives for yourself, for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. So here the second thing, the second regulation is the king was not, that the king was not to do, uh, was to multiply wives. And Solomon went out in this direction too. He had so many wives. And also, it was his wives that actually turned him away from God. And then the third thing that's mentioned here um, is gold, not to multiply gold and silver. So Solomon, actually, he coined the silver and gold market of that day. So David had actually begun... Um, but he had actually begun to actually collect gold and silver, but he was actually collecting to build a temple. So this was God's warning against that which was the undoing of Solomon. And finally, it brought the division of the kingdoms into the northern southern kingdom, and ultimately the captivity of the northern and southern kingdoms. So we see God here from the beginning actually gives gives these warnings which were not heeded. Uh, because, you know, he, was, he gave these warnings in the book of Deuteronomy. And this was before David became king and Solomon became king. So the warnings were actually given because God knew these people. So now we get to chapter 18. In chapter 18, scripture reads, verse 1, the priests and the Levites... All the tribe of Levi shall have no part, no inheritance in Israel. They shall eat the offerings 
of the Lord made by fire and his portion. Verse 2, therefore, they shall have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he said to them. So this law regulated the Levites. Verse 3 goes on to read, and this shall be the priests due from the people, from those who offer a sacrifice, whether it is bull or sheep, they shall give to the priest the shoulder and cheeks and the stomach. So this is what the priests actually received in lieu of the land that wasn't given to them. So they had no inheritance among the children of Israel. Their inheritance was of the Lord. And the Lord provided in this particular way. And today, obviously, you cannot say, I'm going to kill a cow and give the children to the priest. There are other ways in which we actually can help uh, the church. So God uses this method today as well to actually carry out his work in the world. So he expects his people to support the work where they are those giving 100% of their time to getting out the word of God. Verse 9 goes on to read. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations there shall be there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a Spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. Um, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. So here he gives a warning against idolatry. And this is something that is specifically warned against. And when these people went into the land where they were not to resort to these heathen and pagan practices, they actually did revert to these pagan practices. So this is... Um, this is um, repeated, actually, in the New Testament as well. So in the last days, Paul actually says that there will be a turning to these doctrines, the unseen satanic world, and we're actually seeing a lot of that today, where it's just openly practiced. So yeah, um, we've come to the end of our study today. This is our study. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.